So Christmas and well, Advent is the preparation for Christmas. And, and these kinds of decorations, these kinds of memories help us focus and, and be centered on the, the remembering of why we celebrate Christmas. It's not just in the, in the memory of a grandmother, although that's wonderful. It's not just the memory of a, a fun ornament gift that had some Christmas money in it. Uh, it's more than that. It's what this represents and points us to. It helps us to remember why we decorate and why even during this time right now, maybe we're a little bit tired uh, from cooking and decorating and Christmas present buying and all those things. It, it's, it's a season of joy and gladness, but there's a little weariness that creeps in too, right? Yeah. But all of this is for the celebration of the Lord's birth, for his presence among us, that he would Emmanuel with us. God with us. In the Old Testament, in the courts of the kings, there were people who helped the king, the kingdom, remember who they were and to remember their existence. Isaiah was one of them. We know him to be a prophet, but he is what we might call a remembrancer. (laughs) I'll give you a new word there. Remembrancer. He was called to help God's people, the king especially, Remember who you are. Remember what the Lord has promised to you. Remember what's coming through you, the Messiah, one day. And boy, the people of Israel, they needed to hear that, didn't they? Because, quite frankly, they weren't remembering. There was conflict within and without God's people. There were armies threatening at the border to consume them and deport them. And in fact, that was part of Isaiah's message. Listen, remember, or this is what's going to happen. And part of that message was that even the royal family, whom God has given his promise through David and his house, they're going to go away. Isaiah spent years, his whole ministry, helping people in the courts of the Lord, in the courts of the king, to remember, remember, remember. People got weary of hearing that. (laughs) I would imagine Isaiah got weary of preaching it at times. And we know what happened then, don't we? Is that the people forgot. They grew weary of that message and their call. And Isaiah's words came true. But Isaiah gives us today a word for us to hear concerning remembering as well here it is it's in isaiah beginning in uh, chapter 40 beginning at verse 21 and 22 as we work through this this the word of the lord do you not know a call to remember have you not heard remember what you've heard this has it not been told from you the beginning and have you not understood since the earth was founded let me just summarize all this for you isaiah is saying right remember the lord god almighty sits enthroned above the circle of the earth That's his place. That's his reign. That's his sovereignty made known among you, his chosen people, of which he's going to work to bring the salvation of the world, Yeshua HaMashiach. And so the call to remember. You know, for the Israelites, it's like living in Advent for hundreds of years. (laughs) We only express it for four weeks. But they, they were living it for years and years and generations to prepare. For the coming of the Messiah. And so we focus on this theme for us these weeks of Advent. To 
cry out in preparation and in remembering, be born in us today, Lord, as you once were in the babe of Bethlehem, as we know you will be coming again in your glory and majesty to make all things new now, today, as you've called each one of us to be your children, be born in us, renew us. In fact, that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning, that as he is born in us, he's bringing renewal, renewal for our weary hearts, lives, and souls. Weariness. One man who knows about weariness is Joseph, an Israelite. One who's been living in Advent for hundreds of years, waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And then he gets that message from the angel. Guess what, Joseph? You have been appointed to be the earthly father of the promised one. How would you respond if you were in Joseph's shoes? Well, and Mary's shoes for that sake as well. A lot of questions, some doubts, a lot of fear. We know about that. As Joseph works through the message of the the angel, I would imagine that he becomes kind of weary from the concerns of the predicament he's in. What do I do here? According to the law, because we're told that Joseph was an upright man according to the law, the law says that Mary ought to be stoned because she's been... Uh, and adul- uh, committed adultery as she's been betrothed. I don't really want to do that to Mary. Maybe I'll just divorce her quietly and this thing will go out, uh, under the rug. You know, that, that kind of concern is wearisome, isn't it? It weighs on your head. You, you don't sleep at night. It's heavy on your heart because you love the person that you're concerned about, but this predicament is, is wearisome. I would imagine, too, Joseph got weary from the worries over his betrothed. What's going to happen to Mary? How is it that she could be conceived of the Son of God by the Holy Spirit? What is that mystery? And if I do take her as my wife, what what is this going to mean for us with the Son of God in our family? You know about worry. That worrisomeness becomes wearisome for us, doesn't it? Joseph, I would imagine that he also was weary from the unknown of of his future. I take Mary to be my wife, and this baby's born, and we call him the Son of God. Will I be able to stay living here in this community, or are they going to kick us out? How am I going to support them? What does my future hold? How can I do this, Lord? Sound familiar? Wearisome of life. For Joseph, wearisomeness because of tasks tasks that he was asked to do by the Lord God himself. And you and I know about that too, isn't it? Because living as faithful men and women is wearisome. The world and our sin and others' sin, that just suppresses us and pushes us down and, well, makes us weary. But weariness is more than more than just the morning tiredness of dealing with a sleepless night because of those concerns and predicaments and worries. A cup of coffee, there's no, there's no amount of cup of coffee that can overcome that, this kind of weariness that we're talking about, is it? Right? Because that weariness wears on us, like, like water dripping on a rock, slowly, slowly, slowly. And, and we even find that, that sometimes there's, there's no number of Christmas decorations or excitement about celebrating with family or friends the birth of Jesus that takes away that weariness if we're just caught up in our own emotional uh, 
progress here in this Advent season. The weariness is still there. Because a weary soul easily gives up on the one who is the renewer of our soul. Let me say that again. A weary soul is easily, easily gives up on the one who is the renewer of our soul. That's what Satan wants. He wants us to be weary of soul, which certainly comes across in weary of body and mind as well, because Satan wants us to give up on the one who is the renewer. To push him away, question his, his ability, to question his foresight, to question his power and, and his presence in our hearts, our lives. He wants us to rely on another cup of coffee. That'll cure it. No, it doesn't. I'll put another decoration and string of lights on the tree. That'll help it. No, it doesn't. A weary soul tends to push away the one who is the renewer, who comes to be born in us, to remove the wearisomeness of our human, sinful, fallen nature and replace it with something else. Yes, that something else will get battered by the world, but can overcome, has overcome the world. To renew us in the name of that child of Bethlehem whose name is Jesus, who is the Savior, the power, the renewer of our souls, who never got tired of us, who never gets tired of us, who never would seek to push us away, but rather call us to himself, embrace us, and renew us. As the Spirit says to the Philippians, to shine like stars in the universe like ornaments on a tree, like lights sparkling in the decoration of the proclamation of the coming of Jesus. That's you and me, friends. That's you and me. So again, we're reminded from Isaiah, don't you know? Haven't you heard? Yes, the Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He's not going to grow tired or weary. His understanding, no one can fathom. How he can do this, I don't know. But this is the promise that he's given to us. That he gives to you. And so he comes. He comes to us in the most strange way. A baby born of Mary. A a baby born of a human woman with an earthly father. A baby born by the Holy Spirit. Who comes to make all things new. To take upon himself our weariness. The weariness of soul and spirit. The tiredness of our our faith. Where we grow weary in our walk to take upon himself so that we would be forgiven and renewed and and empowered. So that the promises that Isaiah spoke about would come true in this one who is in the womb of Mary on the way to Bethlehem. That the royal family would be reestablished. That the promised Israelites would become a great nation, not bound by by boundaries or a temple, but, by, but defined by people whose temple, whose hearts are the temple of the living God, who are a people unto himself, decorations in a world proclaiming the good news. For he gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. That's the promise we've got. It's like opening a present, new every day. doesn't have to be Christmas. But every day, the promises that you've been given in your baptism, that the Lord has worked in your heart and life to this day, will be there tomorrow to give you strength and increase the 
power that you need as his sons and daughters. Oh, what a God we have. So I take this ornament, this sentimental, emotional, meaningful ornament, and I hang it on a tree. And I remember my grandmother who made it and gave it to us in, in, the, in the love of her heart for us as a family. But I hang it on the tree as a reminder of who it is that she loved because he first loved her. I think about how she was strong in faith, even though she grew tired and weary at times. And whose power, power will raise her from the dead again one day to be with all of us in eternity. She gave me this gift. Because of Jesus. All of these things point us and direct us to Jesus. Because the renewal we receive is a divine renewal. It's not found in gifts and lights and ornaments. It's found in a person who's Jesus. Divine from heaven. Given to us as our Savior. The renewal that we possess is from the Lord himself. And so that means something for us. Those who hope in the Lord Almighty will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The first candle on the Advent wreath, right here, first candle on the Advent wreath, we typically assign that idea of hope, that thought, that truth of hope to, uh, to it as we move through then uh, the different meanings of, of Advent. We are a people who hope in the Lord Almighty. I, I had the... Uh, the privilege of leading our southeastern district district board uh, in devotions Thursday and Friday when we had our district board meeting, and um, and and I used this idea for us of of what's what Joseph and Mary are going through on the way to Bethlehem that they were people of hope. How do you define hope? It, it's not the earthly boy. I hope I get a new bike for Christmas kind of hope. This kind of hope is the divine renewal hope, which says, I know. That when I die, because of Jesus, I'm going to be made new. Renewed for eternity. That's the hope we live in. How might we ex uh, express that hope to somebody else? So here's an acronym for you. I didn't put it in your notes. Just write it down if you'd like to. H-O-P-E. How do you define hope? Hope is the H, having. It's something we possess. It's having. You've been gifted something. We know that is faith. Having and how do you define what we've been given? Well, there's not a lot of words that start with the letter O, so I'm going to use this word. Optimistic. We have an optimistic. That's our, that's our worldview, right? It's, it's a worldview defined by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that it's an optimistic, hopeful future. We have an optimistic perspective. The way we look at life, the way we look at, at these days of, of Advent, the way that we look, with, uh, we look at one another and the relationships we have, it's our perspective, and the E is that's eternalized. It's eternalized. It's going to be made known fully in eternity one day. Having an optimistic perspective eternalized is what we are as people of hope, renewed in Christ the Lord. And Isaiah says, it reminds us, he calls us to remember, this is what's going to happen in this renewal. You're going to soar like uh, soar on wings like eagles. That idea that uh, Isaiah is putting forth there and the word in the Hebrew that he's using to soar is this, this thought of ascending, of, of moving from that which is 
that caught you or snared you and being free from that and moving up and away from that. It's the idea of the Israelites ascending to the temple in Jerusalem. I'm going up into the presence of the Lord. And so for us as people of faith, and we hear this word of renewal, this word of hope and faith and life, we can remember that my renewer brings me above that which would seek to keep me oppressed. I don't live there. I don't live here. I live in him. And no matter how weary and tiresome my body, my spirit might get, I am renewed in him to be where he is. His goodness and his grace, which empowers a guy like Joseph to take Mary as his wife and love her and care for her and and be the father, the earthly father of this child in Mary's womb who he will be named Jesus. To be renewed in the Holy Spirit through the word of the Lord is that we also know we're going to run and we're not going to grow weary. That's not going to be a part of our life in the Lord. Maybe a part of the world, but not of our life. For my renewer works in me to keep at that which he has called me to do. It's an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit to keep going in the ways of the Lord. Clip, clop, clip, clop, miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to register because he's of the house and lineage of David. Clip to care for a pregnant wife. Maybe they were riding a donkey, maybe they weren't. We don't know, it doesn't say, but let's say they were. Clip, clop, ongoing, in the call of faithfulness as men and women of God. And they will walk and not be faint. Remember, friends, this is the word of the Lord that he's called us to. His promises that are at work in us, that through our, re- our renewer, He fills me with joy that I am his, my future, like Joseph's, is in his hands. The difference is, we know where our future ends. In the full renewal of lives raised to new life. In the person of Jesus Christ, all things to be made new. To the glory of our Heavenly Father. And where, well, I probably won't be able to give this to my grandmother in heaven when I see her again. But at least I'll be able to say thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance to remember Jesus. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessing that is ours in Jesus. And in his holy name, our renewer the renewer of our souls so that we might be your sons and daughters, to shine like stars in the universe as your ornaments that decorate your creation with the message of salvation, that we live there, Heavenly Father, each day as your sons and daughters. To you be the glory and the praise. And empower and strengthen us, Lord, now too, to run and soar, to walk in the strength and power that is your spirit living within us, to remember and to be those remembrances or remembrancers for others, Lord, in the life and love of Jesus that lives in us. To you be the praise, the honor, the glory. In his saving name we pray. Amen. Amen. May, my friends, the peace of God that passes our understanding. So keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. And as we 
are called to remember in the renewal that we've been given in Jesus. May that joy be known among us. To his praise, right? And his glory always. Amen.